Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey everyone, Steve here. Mark Walker and I wanted to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about our other projects that provide you with exclusive content and behind-the-scenes bonus videos. 
How would you like early access to every podcast episode and creator videos that go into detail about your favorite stories? For free samples of what our Patreon has to offer, check out patreon.com slash Maltopia and scroll through our public content. Is The Shepherd of Wolves your favorite series? Now you can listen to our award-winning audiobook adaptation, The Red Sun, free with your 30-day trial to Audible. For animated YouTube narrations, original artwork, and more, check out our website at maltopia.com. You can also tweet us on Twitter and join the fun on our Facebook and Instagram. Lastly, we love nothing more than hearing feedback from you, so take a moment to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Just a few seconds of your time makes all the difference, helping us reach more folks just like you who can join the Maltopia experience. With your support, we'll be able to offer even more of the content you love to listen to, watch, and read. Thanks again from the three of us. We can't do this without you. A scream radiating from multiple points around the town jolted Keith from his induced stupor. While it was not the caliber of a true scream, the variety only his kind were privy to, it still compelled him to wonder from which side of his skull it had originated. His heart raced at the nascent memory, his respiratory rhythm in the full throes of outright panic. But the conductor was savvy all rhythms and adjusted his breathing to accord with the body at rest. Air is this one's bread and butter, Keith surmised from his two encounters with the Oversapien. He even speculated that the oxygen pressure in the room may be a spy, allowing his captor to deduce whatever movements he might make. If freedom were to be his, it would be achieved with a bang, not a whimper. His lungs at full capacity, about to blast like trumpets, Keith paused. He was not a prideful creature so his hesitation didn't stem from a wish to spare himself the image of one who must flee his betters. Rather, it was his desire to make a proper moment of his escape, to capture it within a song that would force the air to choose between two masters. He inhaled and thought of spring, the last breath of summer slipping past the rot of fall, the white clutches of winter, returning to look upon the long-lost sun. The first notes were deep and solid, recalling the earth after a dream, something to build upon. Stepping upon the sonic stage he'd created for them, melodies that flitted and fluttered like moths testing the night air. The climax was the arrival of the summer star itself, declaring its freedom from cycle and season, to be reborn into the endless blue of infinite skies. Keith felt the presumptive king of the air, pushing back at the song of liberation, 
and with all of his machine-gifted might. A great wind erupted from the conflict, lashing out at the conductor's creation. But the song would not be denied its story, its existence. Beneath all the colorful notes Keith added to the contest, there lurked a baleful soprano, the scream itself. The song lifted into the room, moving higher in pitch, creating a musical gilding for the momentary release of Keith's greatest adversary, where it usually lay imprisoned beneath a mountain of silence and harmony and sarcasm. The song and the cyclone were now like two ravening wolves tearing at the invisible throat of the other. In the end, the air needed to make a choice. If it would not come to Keith by force, it would be brought to heel by fear. The scream filled Keith's last breath of his ballad, titled Summer Triumphant, exploding into the crescendo like a sonic comet. Though the composition was once about liberation, it now evoked dead stars in the black warmth that spilled from their corpses, killing season after season of the worlds it touched, granting the only true and lasting freedom, death. The foundation of the building detonated. The force of the song's conclusion wiping out the street above, flattening surrounding trees. The death singer disappeared into the echoes of the explosion, humming to himself to black out the unearthly shriek now haunting his head. It would take time before he could quell the thing, placing it back in its cage with mirth and music making. Henry was enjoying his romp through the many thralls he'd gathered into his collective awareness, looking through multiple minds as one might peruse the shelves of a local bookstore. Except his examinations were far more extensive, even for the least and briefest of them. The two male sapiens he'd cornered in the woods were proving far more entertaining than their fallen kinsman, Mars, for whom he could do little to revive from an ever-deteriorating state. The crowd was almost giddy when his power failed to take control of their minds, owing to aptitudes that were machine-made, no doubt. He was rarely surprised, given his ever-changing, ever-growing catalog of insights, but on the rare occasion he was, he gave them rapt attention. Though the two male sapiens proved intractable to his own machine-blessed ability, the respective reasons for the fact felt wildly disparate. Reaching out to pluck the woman, felt like trying to displace a flower whose roots extended to the whole of the earth. An ostensibly easy task turned quite impossible. The Englishman, who Henry especially enjoyed for his apparent cowardice and indecisiveness, seemed like an untouchable shadow, a mind in outline but not composition. But it was the woman who turned out to be the most entertaining of the pair. She somehow dropped three small mountains atop his flock of thralls. Henry burst out laughing watching from multiple views as his expressionless dolls were crushed flat by tumbling boulders from outer space. He set his collective mind to the work of deducing her magic trick, a calculus that didn't distract from his efforts at bringing the now fleeing couple back under his control. Although he was amused by the events unraveling inside the curious forest, he didn't fail to hear the fifth floor elevator bell sound from the hallway outside Mars's hospital room a few miles away. Curious, he sent a few of his thralls to investigate. As the crowd was about to collect one of the Malsapiens he'd managed to bring to ground, various hospital staff converged on the elevator from a nearby nurse's station. The door opened, 
and Henry could only make out the lean shape of a woman standing against the backdrop of an alien darkness. Yet it wasn't darkness at all. It was something even the sum of his years of crowd control couldn't fathom. He thought the woman might have reached out for him, stretching beyond the borrowed bodies he hid behind. Whatever powers she unfurled, his very essence was seized and subsumed by a momentary annulment of all thoughts and all thinkers. His mind was no longer a window overlooking lush fields of thoughts, experiences, dreams, and memories. It was a lone outpost amid a roiling sea of oblivion, where silence became the wind, where a gaping cavity replaced the sky. An absence that somehow seemed a force, but only obtained the negation of all earthly powers. Perception, logic, experience, such concepts were nullified. Even nihility itself was absent, leading to a maddening, contradictory sensory overload. An alien dread that Henry couldn't locate, let alone define. The encroaching weight of it threatened to crush his mind, and with it, his attachment to the feeble and fleeting notion of existence. Henry screamed into the illimitable gap yawning from both sides of himself, stuffing the emerging void with as many supplicants as he could throw into it, hoping to slow the complete manifestation of the thing. While the hasty sacrifice achieved its desired end, affording him time to flee into thralls far removed from the hospital-turned-oblivion, it had disrupted his wider network, driving them into violent fits for the shared glimpse beyond the pale. Once he was certain the woman's power hadn't followed him, Henry began stomping out the sprigs of dissonance where he found them, bringing his stampeding hordes back beneath his sway. The effort left him distracted from the business of paying strictest attention. Thus his surprise at the sight of the Englishman, swells of creek water trying to overturn his dead body. Henry realized the failure of his endeavor, exhaling from over a thousand mouths, each quivering for their taste of oblivion. Performing his due diligence, he walked several thralls to where the corpse lay, half submerged. The body began to twitch, and Henry wondered if all had not been lost after all. But as strange mists dragged themselves across the forest to enfold the body, and the approaching thrall's breath turned to frost in the air, Henry knew he'd only exchanged one hell for another. The corpse began to swell, massive and monstrous. The crowd was no longer amused by these Malsapiens, having grown more than twice shy from his near-fatal encounter with the woman. After a moment of network contemplation, bearing no option of thorough analysis, he accepted that his mission was bust, and that he had no desire to taste death for a second time in almost as many minutes. He opened fire on the mutating cadaver. Sparing nothing to chance, he summoned more thralls, placing some atop the hill and staggering others down its steep embankment, draining all the lead the curious forest's lone gun shops supplied. The cold mist had obscured the thing that was once a thin dead man, yet its compass had grown with every crack and snap of bone and sinew. The miasma flowed into the air above the creek, bearing aloft its deceased host. Lights from all around the hillside tried to push the freezing fog aside to glimpse the thing within. A sick thunder of laughter exploded into the cold air, and something descended from the mist. Something big. It landed like an earthquake, ousting the creek and opening up wide fissures within the exposed stone. Shockwaves dislodged thralls from the sloping hillside all the way up to its crest. The crowd steadied his cronies 
if only to get a clear look at the thing. The monster towered over his thralls, peering down at them where they milled about its knees. Its body was a prominence of weighted muscle, as if built from flesh gathered from the grave. Plates and spikes jutted from the thing, giving the appearance of menacing organic armor. Surmounting the creature's body was by far its fiercest attribute. A massive death's head, grinning black tidings from beyond the tomb, wrapped in a placid veneer of corpse skin broken by protruding bone. But it was its eyes that piloted its true terror. While empty of their conventional organs, the hollow orbits beamed despite their absence, conveying a menace that dwelt below the world, death ever at their disposal. Henry could feel the thing's gaze, and though he had no idea how, he believed the monster was staring directly at him, irrespective of the intervening layers of thrall and stolen mind that lay between them. Through the unified voice of his thralls, the crowd could only offer, And what the hell are you? The creature <laughs> chuckled, the deep jabber of a boiling tar pit. Why, I am that which lies within a bed of bones, beneath the cold stone of the earth. Amid the oldest darkness the world can muster. And I am that which has come for you, Henry. Lynn took Mars's pulse, feeling for it with his own near motionless nerves. It was still there, but fading. She knew what the Warbringer needed, but was at a loss to supply it. She paced the room, trying to focus on Mars and not the emptiness that had etched a new high watermark into her psyche. The nullity infected every facet of her thinking, damning whatever encouraging thought she summoned, going so far as to reduce her fondness for Mars to an anchor for her dwindling passions. She wondered at the peace that might await her within the void. Perhaps her pain was merely the strain of holding on too tightly. Perhaps the cold she felt, the biting vacancy she outlined, might become something wonderful. After all, she almost said aloud, being cold is merely the price for having skin. Once that's all gone, there's only what lies beneath the cold, the source of the thing. Perhaps it's something wonderful, something only letting go can earn you. She looked to where Mars lay, ashen and still, her view directed through microbes and insects, further reducing the humanity of the scene. What would we look like in that place together? Emptied and free? She asked him, not expecting a reply. Maybe we could go there together, now. The words frightened her. She stood up and wandered to the window she'd opened to allow the insects in, gazing out over the treetops. She hoped at least to cry, to feel something, but her eyes remained vigilant and unflinching, though blind. An assortment of sounds came to her attention from a number of sources. Gunshots, screams, songs, and cyclones. Various realizations raced through her mind. Keith was free and fighting, and something horrible was afoot in the woods. Lynn processed the disparate sense data, organizing and balancing its significance. From the chaos, she withdrew a plan, and more crucial by far was that she'd used the moment to refuse the call of the void. The passenger began cobbling together the flaring sensations filling the combat theaters, channeling them into Mars. If he couldn't go to war, she would bring the war to him, in the sharpest focus she could manage. To her amazement, she realized the source of the calamity in the woods, 
what had shaken it such that every animal and plant shivered at its presence. The dead knot had arrived. She smiled at the thought of what he, it, would do to the Oversapiens. The moment Mars's muscles began flexing and swelling, Lynn breathed a sigh of relief. Her plan was working. The warring spirit descended into the room, revealed to her through the lens of Mars's awakening senses, filling him with the bottomless depravity of conflict incarnate. Lynn moved to the edge of the room, giving the living totem a wide berth. The din of battle called to the man made for endless violence, drawing him back from the brink of a worthless, wasting death. Mars was on his feet, his body expanding beyond its customary boundaries, ready to face off with an army and win. The warring spirit was upon him as his eyes sought out adversaries, one adversary in particular. His gaze burned across the room, alighting upon his shrinking teammate. Where is he? He asked, his voice trembling with rage. Lynn tilted her head, her sightless eyes moving back and forth as if sorting through a book. The streets below were filling up with armed guards, and Keith just leveled the restaurant while all this started. I assume if he's still alive, he'd be somewhere around there. Clad only in a hospital gown, Mars leapt out the window to the street below. Scores of armed men and women flooded around him, a single voice rising from the mob. I see you're feeling better, Mars, O oh great god of war. And given your specific uh, melgenic nature, I think I'll be forgiven for bringing you back in less than perfect condition. Although, I will try my best to keep you alive. Mars wasted no time with banter, plunging his fist through the nearest adversary, snatching away its pistol and assessing his next targets. His ensuing shots found as many heads as the gun held bullets. The mob countered with eerie coordination, returning fire with calm and precision. Yet they came no closer to their mark than if they'd fired blind. Mars moved and flanked with a confidence born of generations of tactical experience. He became a blur of calculated violence, hurtling through enemy ranks. He killed at will, growing in size and strength and speed as the warring spirit filled him with the fire and wisdom of wars, past and present. As it became clear that the masses were ill-suited to bring down their lone adversary, the mob signaled a shift in tactics. To the collective's credit, it was not a strategy Mars expected. The mass of townsfolk, armed with everyday rifles and pistols, fell back into a long, straight line stretching from a corner shop to the tree line of the woods some hundred yards distant. You're clearly a one-man army, Mars, which is, of course, an interesting variation of my own qualities, a single man spread out amongst an army. But mine is not the power to merely disseminate. It can, much like your own, concentrate itself to a single point in space. You may be an army, but my army can become a man. The line of throngs began to slump and tremble. Within moments, rivulets of blood poured from their noses, and every pair of eyes sank deep into their sockets, turning as gray and shriveled as corpse flesh. The creeping deterioration intensified, producing even greater levels of similarity within the assemblage, every member becoming indistinguishable from the next by way of their crimson, collapsing skulls. Meanwhile, another transformation was underway, fueled by the melting masses, 
Twisting conjuries of semi-translucent energies coalesced in the middle of the street between the wilting mob and Mars, forming a solid figure in tandem with the group's increasing loquescence. As the heads of the gathered masses became little more than red plasms, a man even larger than Mars stood where once there were only ribboning energies. The newcomer gazed upon himself, flexing massive lengths of thick muscle that swelled from beneath a golden clamus. The man could have passed for a god, whose perfect angles might have haunted the shapes of countless idols in his honor. Quite satisfied with himself, he met Mars's stare. And now we are well met, at last. We shall see upon whom the machine bestowed the greater gift. The eternal warrior, or the psycho-incarnate man? Mars rushed forward, the warring spirit howling fire into his heart. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 